Hey, whoa, yeah! This week, it is the 75th episode of Two Dynamite Dudes on a Rampage, and I talk the ongoings of AEW Dynamite and Rampage, which had Daniel Bryanson teasing a little heel turn against Adam Hangman Page, our new champion. Plus, CM Punk not saying a word to MJF, Orange Cassidy makes chaos with Tomohiro Ishii, Billy Gunn battles Darby Allin and kicks out at one of the coffin drop, Another rendition of WWE releases a bunch of untapped talent featuring Hit Row, John Morrison, Tegan Knox, and more. Plus, I talk a whole lot about The Rock in Survivor Series, his impact wrestling, as well as so, so much more AEW-related. So tune in this week on the 75th episode of Two, Two Who, Two Dynamite Dudes on a Rampage. episodes that's right 75 75 whole episodes of two two who two dynamite dudes on a rampage and it is just me for this very special episode marcus really really made an all-out effort to be here today and i can't thank him enough for celebrating in his own special fashion by not fucking being here so I am here, and this is Dominic D'Angelo, WrestleZone.com, and we are live right before Survivor Series happens. And uh, yes, to talk about AEW, Dynamite, and Rampage. Uh, I thought overall it was a pretty uh, interesting and productive week of AEW. Um, maybe not like a super-duper crazy uh, show to write home or go home about, but there were some good announcements, and uh, things developed, and things got pretty interesting in a lot of ways uh, that I'm very excited about seeing how this all develops further down the road when it comes to, like, hey, winter is coming, and uh, then and then some. So, uh, yes, I, overall, I think a productive show uh, set a week for AEW, and uh, we will get to it starting off. Um, I do want to say, since this is right before Survivor Series, and you know what? I haven't really watched WWE that much. Uh, thankfully for WrestleZone, I don't have to cover WWE that much. So I just keep tabs on it just so I'm informed and aware of what the product's doing. But <laughs> I am fortunate enough I don't have to watch it. I feel a lot of ways. Um, but Survivor Series has always been one of my favorite pay-per-views when it's done right. And it hasn't been done right in how many years you know, even taking sabbaticals, all that thing. And, um, you know, we've had bragging rights, I remember. But then it's just this stupid brand supremacy thing. I don't give a shit about Raw. I don't give a shit about SmackDown loyalty. What I care about is stars and teams and friends, okay? And they got rid of all that stuff, you know, for a very long time. It's always been about, like, oh, how are these guys going to get along? Or how are these gals going to get along uh, in this match? And I don't care about that. I don't care about that storyline. But they do it every freaking year. And uh, there's nothing at stake. And the promotion for this year has been blank. Nothing. Nothing. So uh, upsetting to see. But 
I mean, I think there's talk of the rock coming back tonight, uh, for his 20th, you know, who was Mr. Survivor series. I think it might have to be the rock. Correct. Not only did he debut there, but he won the title there. And then, yeah, he's just synonymous with it. There's just been a lot of big aspects. I want to say he like, didn't he have his return match actually officially there when he fought, uh, he tagged with John Cena and the Miz or so, against the Miz and R-Truth or something. I think that was like his return match or something. I don't know. Just he kind of feels like Mr. Survivor Series to me. Uh, if you guys want, I want to get some few. Ooh, look at all the comments we're getting. Holy smokes. Hey, guys. What's up, Steven? What's up, Randy? Nesha? Benjamin? How are you guys doing? I know we're always on pay-per-views before shows. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, hey, we could compete against these guys. No, I. it's like, it's weird. That's just how the timing works out. Marcus is typically able to do these on Sunday night. So I'm like, let's do Sunday. Let's do a day where we can do it. And yeah, sure enough, there's wrestling on. But uh, yeah, that's why I wanted to tackle. This will be a trunk, a smaller episode, I guess. Uh, we'll go over a few things, obviously. And I want to answer your guys' questions uh kevin how are you doing doing good uh yep still staying safe from the coronavirus uh thanks for uh tuning in uh rich says i'm gonna enjoy a slow build to adam cole versus kenny omega next year you know what i did like that a lot rich i'm glad you brought that up because i was so focused on what adam cole has been doing you know not with well, well just with bobby fish and the tension there but uh jungle boy and what's going on with that? And I think that's an intriguing storyline. But yeah, they're really planting some seeds, are they not? Like, heck, even you can see Kyle O'Reilly getting the mix here at some point. Like, you know, he's not long for the NXT world. So uh, it'll be neat to see him. We'll get into that in just a second. But I wanted to get your guys' opinions if you wanted to chime in. What are your thoughts? How do you think The Rock would line up in AEW? Would you like to see him in AEW? I know odds are that's probably never going to happen. But he did. he did say... He watches AEW, and this was like months ago. He he wrote it. He said this on Instagram. I watched AEW, and he likes the product. And he, he's such a smart guy. He just knows he's like he's like it's good that AEW is relevant because there's a hunger in the business, and you need the hunger to to keep things moving, and it keeps the competition going. So Rock, one of the smartest minds in wrestling, and uh, man, it would be very cool to see him. Heck, he will pack a punch if he comes to Survivor Series tonight. Uh, just even that intrigue of him and Roman Reigns. But I would like to, I mean, I think if he went to AEW or even made like a couple appearances there, holy crap, you know, that will make the needle really, really change in a lot of ways. Um, and you know what? Like there was always that thing before Tony Khan came around that I always thought like, man, what if The Rock was like, I care about wrestling so much that I want to, uh, I want to create, competition for WWE and I want to get the business back in motion because I always thought like because you know you always hear and this is true is like the only way you could compete with Vince McMahon is if you had a very very rich person put all the money into it and go all out get a TV network deal all that stuff Tony Khan did that but before that I was always like man you know somebody that could maybe do this is The Rock if he got investors in and everything like that but heck it kind of like it's still neat to see him. I always like seeing The Rock. The Rock is truly one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, he got me into the Attitude Era more so. It was initially Ken Shamrock got me into the Attitude Era, but then I kind of him in that feud with The Rock is really what got me kicking in WWE. Like I was a WCW Nitro NWO kid, so uh, going from that to WWE was I got to credit the People's Champ for that. So. Uh, Happy 25th to The Rock. Always will be one of my favorites. Great stuff. Let's see what you guys have to say here. 
Uh, oh, I think we see Rikishi before we get to Rock. Ah, I think that's a that's a bit true. <laughs> I think the odds are a lot better than that. Uh, Benjamin, they cut eight people. We're going to get into that. Maybe I'll kick that off with this. That kind of discussion is that. Um, geez, let me pull that up here. Hold on a second. But he cuts. Let's see. All right. Let's see. So eight people got released. It was hit row. Crazy. Just insane. Like Shane Strickland's like a top wrestling talent across the board, across the board, former MLW heavyweight champion, Shane Strickland, Isaiah Swerve Scott, if you're not familiar. Uh, and then uh top dollar had his, I think he has a lot of cachet, not only from an athletic background, but from an overall talent background. Um, I think, you know, uh, they are a faction that could be very viable. And um, they talk about um, the black athlete and uh, what WWE has done very well with Big E's, let Big E be himself. And same with Xavier Woods too. Um, you know, and they've, I think it's, it's a very positive thing, but I think Shane Strickland is another one of those guys that could really pack a punch uh, in a promotion as like this cool top African-American star. That's a main eventer. I really feel that way. Adam Cole has a lot of roots with uh, Shane Strickland as they both grew up in Midwest or mid, not Midwest, middle Pennsylvania and uh, Lancaster area. So they're both from the same area. So they have some ties back then. And Adam Cole, right before he left NXT said, Hey, I would love to fight Shane Strickland. You know, he's on my tab. And like, he was like, even if it's a year in advance and look where the landscape is now. So uh, I think that would be very awesome. Uh, but yes, Tegan Knox was also released. Uh, John Morrison also released. So very underutilized. Drake Maverick, man, did you guys see his um his promo that he did afterwards? The, the narrative that he produced uh, was great. Like him just cry. Like I was like, oh no, he's doing another one of these things, and then it just boom, totally changed tone. What a what a star! And even John Cena retweeted him and was like, hey, you got to follow this man. It was good to see. Like. Drake Maverick, I never really saw his work as Rockstar Spud and Impact, but, you know, he can very well make an impact no matter what he does, whether that's a wrestler or as, like, a, a talent that's a personality. Uh, he would be a huge option for, uh, I think, AEW to, to wrap up and, and get. Um, there's, I mean, the landscape of wrestling is always changing right now, uh, especially ROH out, out of the mix, apparently. Um, and just a lot of different things kind of changing. Uh, there's still some viable options for these talents to make a name for themselves out there and get their still keep fresh and still keep relevant. And uh, Drake Maverick's very capable of that, I feel. Um, John Morrison, I, I like a lot too. And uh, I was like, wow, if they get, if WWE gets him, they're going to use him in the proper way. They did not. They did not even move from square one with John Morrison. He was, I was like, okay, they're pairing him with the Miz. That's, that's okay. We've seen this before, but it makes sense. It's only going to be a little bit. Nope. The whole fucking time he was there. <laughs> and then that was it. Then he was out. Then he was doing yoga or meditating in the back. And then that's all we've seen of John, John Morrison. Soon to be maybe Johnny Elite. Soon to maybe be Johnny Dynamite or uh, Johnny Rampage. Maybe even Johnny Major League. Pretty nice. Uh, but yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Johnny Impact would be all right, I think, too. Yeah, hit row very much a head scratcher. Stone Cold versus Hangman Page beer drinking contest. I like it, Stephen. I also thought I don't know if you guys are familiar with this talent, but Manders 
Uh, he's very good. He's like a legit like cornbread cowboy. I think is he goes by, but such an, a great talent that I would think you could get some legs out of a feud and, and story with him if you even just brought him in to feud with Hangman for a while. He's very like an old school kind of like Mance Warner that has ties with Mance Warner and all that stuff. I think he'd be very cool to see going up against Hangman Page. Uh, let's see. What does Jade Despanto Fernando Taguay say? There are rumors that people who are worried about their jobs when Triple H came to power has been trying to undermine everything he has done. You know, if WWE is a political, I mean, wrestling in general is a political game. So I would not be surprised from that. I am sure there's a lot of uh, pissing contests going on where everybody's trying to vie for a spot, trying to find uh, how they can make uh, their name known and uh, get their creative thoughts and uh, input out there. And um, if AAA, I mean, I really think Vince is kind of getting in. This is obviously an outsider perspective. I have no clue. But I think from just looking out and looking in, it kind of seems like Vince is intimidated and concerned just about losing his position and not being in, in the forefront anymore. And Triple H is the biggest threat, even though he set him up for to do that. Vince does not want to give up that spot. You know, um, it's very <laughs> it's very Roman Empire, is it not? And that's not a pun. I look at it, you look at the look at the past, history repeats itself. You look at Vern Gagne, who did not know how to transition forward from uh, his old school mindset and keeping himself relevant in the territory of, uh, AWA. The same can be said for uh, Von Eric Country with uh, Fritz Von Eric and stuff like that, where it was like, okay, and there's to his point, there's it's a sense because who are you going to trust more than anybody else to operate your business but you or your family members? Um, and uh, it, it gets to a point where, yeah, that makes sense, but you also have to move with the times and you have to adapt. And uh, past top wrestling companies has not have not done that. And Vince uh, obviously is, has a very good nest egg <laughs> set up for himself when it comes to how big and uh, global the WWE is more than anything we've ever seen in wrestling. So I don't think that's a concern. But, you know, I think it is a concern to think about as far as this booking and creative process goes because things are going to need to be addressed here one way or another. It, everything has, since Vince has gone in this route, Everything has been tabled and pushed aside. It's just very weird, I feel. Very weird. Uh, Steven says, uh, Morrison could be a good fit for either Impact or AW. Adam Cole will probably turn on the Bucks soon. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think it still thinks there's some legs. I think uh, they're just planting some seeds. Or I think that, that might be the, the point. Um, James says, MLW can benefit the most from all these releases. And with the fall of ROH. I agree. Um, you know, uh, the way MLW handles things, too, I think um, could be very easy to get these talents in for a set of tapings. And um, if you want to bring them back, you can bring them back. If not, uh, you just keep going, keep plugging along. But there's intrigue in having guys. Like, you look, re even right now, like Alex Shelley's been brought in. Bobby Fish was brought in. Uh, Lee moriarty has been brought in. Enzo has been brought in. And that's a polarizing one. But I give a lot of reasons as to why Enzo makes uh, plenty of sense to fit into Major League Wrestling uh tune into the major mlw fusion fight report if you want to hear about that that's on episode three i just dropped a new one uh two days ago anyways uh yes mlw can certainly benefit from all this uh and like you know uh getting a lot of names out there and they showcase their stars well there you know uh 
they give them the opportunity to shine and uh, put a spotlight on them. So, Stephen, you disagree with me on Omega turning face whenever he comes back from Solish. Uh, so you think he will turn face or you don't think he's going to turn face whenever he comes back from, from surgery? Um, I think they should keep him as a heel, honestly. I don't, I don't think they should change from that. I think uh, it should be Cole versus Omega. You know, I think that's what people want to see, a babyface Cole. I mean, you look at it, the, the proof is in the pudding. Like, Cole shows up, fans are popping like crazy, even though he's a heel, you know? Um, I think... I think to uh, I think Jorge's point here that uh, splitting him up from the Bucks would make a lot of sense um, in the long term uh, because he is such a standout star on his own. And I mean, there's something to be said with him leading something like uh, a revitalized uh, undisputed era in comparison to being a part of the super click. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it really does. And heck, uh and nwa also yes uh they're kind of on the they're kind of on the fringe of things i would say the nwa that you know i like the look of their promotion and everything like that but they do a lot of head scratching stuff to me for for my taste in a lot of ways i used to i really like i mean i love trevor murdoch i love trevor murdoch i love the the pope i think he's great uh nick aldis is is like the old school kind of champion everything like that like the things are in place for there i think operationally it just there's just some hiccups there. Uh, so, uh, but overall, yeah, I, NWA, uh, there's, there's options. There is options and new Japan. I mean, you look at it, Jonah, uh, uh, Bronson Reed just showed up in impact. has been a part of new Japan. Um, now Eddie Kingston is announced for a new Japan, uh, event too, coming up friend of the show, Mike Knox. Wow. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Man, that's a name. Uh, James, Maybe Vince wants to end his version of the ancient Roman Empire with him. That's true. I, I don't know. I But James, I don't think he wants to end his Roman Empire. I think he wants to keep it alive as much as he wants. He doesn't want to fade out. And uh, I mean, it's long overdue that Vince should be taking a step back from a creative standpoint. You know, uh, maybe from an overall like Oracle's perspective of like, hey, this is where I want the company to go. This is the direction I want. But I mean, creatively, I, he's been long tapped out and long in the woods with things. John Moxie's perfect example of that and uh, what he's had to say about it. Um, but yes, I, you know, there's a lot of options for these guys. So I, this is the perfect segue for me though, is um, what happened to kick off dynamite, the hangman page, cowboy shit day celebration. Uh, really cool segment. I liked how hangman handled himself. Uh, very natural uh, and uh, authentic on the mic. And um, then it's just like, what a curveball. Like Daniel Bryan uh, acting in heel mode. And he's great at being a heel. He is. Um, I'm like, Daniel Bryan's my favorite wrestler right now. And he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And I always like him positioned in the babyface role. But it, there's no denying that he's a great heel too. And he can play that role. Um, I think it works. And I think this will certainly help get Hangman over. I hope it's not, he's not a long-term heel. You know what I mean? I, I would like to see him, like, we just got introduced to him in AEW, and he's starting on off on this fantastic run. I would not want to see uh, a face turn cut short. You know, I'm fine with him playing the heel role in this fashion, and I'm sure he can get a lot of heel heat, but I would like to see him kind of like befriend Hangman at the end, ultimately at the end of all this, and, uh, see him go up against some other heels that are very viable and very um, 
you know, credible in that regard. But there is a lot of good baby faces going right now. So you have Punk, you have Eddie, you have Mox when he gets back, you have Darby, you have Sammy Guevara, you have Chris Jericho. So there is quite the list of baby faces. So you do need some lists of heels going on too, some some hot heels happening as well. And so you do have to kind of be selective. Um, man, that's who would you guys like to see as your top heels? Okay, say you have Omega, but he's gone. He's gone. Give me some suggestions of who you'd like to see as some top heels in AEW and who would fit in those roles. Um, and we'll discuss some of that. But I thought this was a good segment. Um, yeah, just the way Brian like dug into Hangman and how he's handled cowboy shit and stuff like that. Flapping his gums is what he called it and stuff while he's defended everything. And then Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson kind of played the role of like, hey, I would fight you tonight, but you don't look like you're ready. <laughs> so um yeah very good stuff to kick off it and this whole first 30 minutes of the show was really really good was it not like um because you had uh brian danielson follow that up with a great match against evil luna who was getting pops from the crowd you know and um so i thought very well done uh they had some good stuff back and forth with uh uno and danielson and then um it just really kept into this sharp like relevant theme, I think things seemed important and matters seemed very, uh, the flow of it all seemed very, very well done, like to start off Dynamite this Wednesday. Um, and yeah, and then right into it, we had that other tag match, uh, Orange Cassidy and uh, Tomohiro Ishii, part of Chaos now, and uh, going up against the Butcher and the Blade. Oh, I love the Butcher. And I love the blade too. So this match um, and the juxtaposition of Orange Cassidy and Ishii tagging together. I mean, have you ever seen a thousand mile stare like Ishii had in the corner when he's getting like chopped away by the butcher and like the butcher's laying it on him and there's just, you can see the dead behind uh, Ishii's eyes and it's just like, oh my God. Oh my God. This is, this is going to be bad times. What's going to happen? Sure enough, it was a great match. Um, I really liked, you know, how they showcased everybody. It, it, yeah, it like again, this first thirty minutes was really, really well done. Um, let's see what are people saying here. Hey, Jason, how are you? Uh, Survivor Series kicking off, huh? Yeah, okay, yeah, Stephen, you think Danielson's better as a heel? I, you know, you, yeah, you can make an argument. I think either way, in a lot of ways, I really do. I mean, like his WrestleMania win at thirty. I mean, is it one of my all-time favorite? wrestlemania like kind of moment so and you know just being the top baby face and finally being put there was you know felt way way long overdue um but aw has gotten a lot better since tony khan stripped the evps of creative control now i don't know how much of that is accurate though because um there hasn't been that much change since the beginning i believe because uh yeah i think maybe at the start that there was some positioning of like who's doing what and what's going on. But I think ultimately they've worked out these kinks a while ago and maybe just, you know, yeah, to an extent, Tony Khan's just being like, okay, this is my vision. This is where I want things to go. Um, I'm sure there's still very much a lot of input of what Kenny thinks and what the Bucks think. And um, obviously what Cody thinks too, when he's, he's there. What is my cat doing right now? He's doing something. All right. He's just screwing around in a bag. Um, but yeah, I like, I think the product has been very solid, like overall, like what we're getting and like people are, um, you know, wrestling is not as popular as it, as it once was. It just, I mean, that's just the fact. I think there's just a lot of 
stimulation for folks nowadays, immediate stimulation that people, you know, streaming services, whatever to watch, you know, video games, things like that. Wrestling is always relevant, but I, it's certainly like, you know, dissip, not dissipated, but it's just like spread thin. You know what I mean? Where it's not like you don't have as huge as an audience, but it's still relevant and, and big and like, I think very newsworthy topic right now. So, um, Oh, okay. So shit's going down on Survivor Series here. AW got a lot. Of, yeah, okay. Well, I just clicked on that. Um, but yeah, with with all that, uh, yeah, the overall creative vision, I think AEW is pretty damn rock solid. And uh, there's some neat stuff going on. We saw a lot of that start this week. You know, Danielson, perfect example. And then here we go. CM Punk and MJF. Not a word was said by CM Punk. And I think that's the way to handle it because I was like, he came out and I noticed right away. I was like, he does not have a mic in his hand. Nothing. He's not going to say a damn word to him. And sure enough, he didn't. But heck, how much intrigue does that build? Because when we get to see those two go back and forth at on the mic with one another, it's going to be something special because immediately, like when Punk came into AEW, that's the first guy I wanted to see him. Like if I was like, number one feud I want to see him with is MJF. And we're going to get that. It's going to be damn cool. So uh, I think they set that up very nicely, very nicely. Now, I will say with a lot of these that it seemed a lot of these seem sudden, right? Uh, like they just hit the reset button after uh, full gear and uh, we're starting on new feeds. But I think that's not a bad thing. Sometimes I think getting right to right to something is a OK, too. Um, I'll just I just made note of it. I was like, wow, these, oh, these are just happening right away. Like they're not there's no tra- a lot of transitions like Darby. He's like transitioned away from MJF. Um, and then, yeah, obviously MJF, um, obviously Brian Danielson, uh, Eddie Kingston. Now, uh, there's just a lot of different shifts in focus going on. And, and that's a good thing. I think, you know, it's fine. You know, starting a new year, starting on a new station, all that stuff. So there's setting up, setting things up and getting things ready for uh, what's down the road when it comes to like winners coming, going to TBS, Owen Hart Memorial Cup tournament. Uh, I believe the next pay-per-view is uh, Revolution coming up at some point. Um Oh, Stevenson, was he there? Huh? How about that? Wow. Okay, can't think of a name, but the Olympic gold. Oh. Oh, okay, he was wrestling last night. That's right. I did see that. All right, I'm getting off topic here. Uh, but, yeah, Sammy versus Jay Lethal was the main event. And that was uh, that was quite the match. They had that crowd in Norfolk going. And you know what? When Norfolk, the crowd itself, I was like, I was almost like, when the show started off, is it going to be a good crowd? Because um, they just seemed a little toned down at first, but they got fired up for a lot of stuff. Poor folk did. And um, played into a lot of, I think that's a real good benefit is what AEW does is they lend themselves to the crowd and getting that crowd heat. Like, I think the crowd really wants to be a participant an active participant. And AEW is very good at cultivating, getting a reaction from that crowd. So, um, Things feel like a big deal, you know, when the crowd is hot and um, it just really stands out in those arenas. And Norfolk, I think they were really into this main event and back and forth it went. Obviously, Sammy uh, Guevara retained the title. Uh, the two shook hands, and, you know, with Inner Circle. It gave him credit to Jay Lethal. Heck, I would not, I really would not mind seeing Jay Lethal in the Inner Circle. I don't think that would be a bad thing, you know. Um, Especially like uh, Hager potentially going away maybe for a little bit to uh, grapple up against John Bone Jones. That announcement was made yesterday. Fury grappling. He's going to New Jersey. Uh, I was not aware that grappling was just grappling. 
I just thought it was a name for, you know, a different MMA fight league, but no, it's grappling. So you can't strike one another. And uh, so how's that going to go down? You know, Hager is trained in wrestling. I don't know John Bone Jones's background. I just know he's a bit of a degenerate and uh, beleaguered, if you will, in the in the MMA arena. So uh, that'll be interesting. But yeah, I think you could kind of insert uh, Jay Lethal into the mix of Inner Circle. I would not be upset about that. Yeah, Jay and Sammy was a great match, Stephen. Uh, Vince McMahon Survivor Series tonight. I can't believe Peter. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Pete Rosenberg. He gets over in uh, his hometown. I listened to their the New York show that they have there, the Michael K show. ESPN, obviously I'm a Jets fan, so I listen to a lot of their what their input is. Pete's all right on there. I just don't think his takes on wrestling are that, that very good, to be honest. Um, sometimes they are, but overall, he's made some real bad takes. And I'm just like, yeah, Pete, no, no. <laughs> okay, so what else do we have going on here? Uh, we did have the continuation of the TBS Women's Title Tournament with uh, – with a Kirishita and uh, Nyla Rose. Uh, yes, I thought they did. I thought this was Nyla Rose's best AEW match to date. To date. And it told such a good, good story. Like, you know, they played into uh, Kirishita being injured and uh, Nyla Rose taking advantage of that and um, just being a powerhouse. Um, there was a lot of good moments in that match that uh, set them things up. Uh, Vicky Guerrero got in the mix. She got hit with the kendo stick, all that stuff. And a uh, very good finish uh, with all that. And Nala Rose uh, advancing makes a lot of sense. And um, so, uh, and Hikirishita still uh, keeps relevant and in the mix, you know, by uh, even even in defeat. I think she did a very good job. So that was a good match. Uh, Dante Martin and Leo Rush versus the Acclaimed. Another great match. Another great tag match. I love the Acclaimed. Uh, I, I like, you know, even the polarization with Max Caster when that, all that came up. I thought it, was, it ended up being ultimately beneficial for them because, you know, got their name out there. And um, there's just a matter of, you know, uh, I don't know, kind of keeping things in perspective and stuff like that. I get it. Like some of that, you know, some of the stuff is like, okay, yeah, don't say that stuff. You know, don't say it. It's like you can get away with saying some of the stuff, but a little, it's kind of flying a little close to the sun a lot of ways. But heck, if you're going to be Max Caster, you want to kind of walk that line. You know, it, it makes sense from a star standpoint of like, okay, I got to be kind of edgy with certain things because uh, that's the character and persona I'm presenting. So to, you just got to find the balance. Sometimes things work. Sometimes they don't. It's kind of like stand-up comedy. If you go, I, I've tried stand-up once. And when I say try, I mean, stood up there for like a minute and then got off the stage. It was not good. But stand-up is always like, okay, I'm going to go. And if you're a major stand-up comedy star, you know, obviously you have your main shows that you do, but a lot of these guys will go to open mics and then just try some stuff out. And they don't want their shit recorded when they're there because they're trying stuff out. Some of the stuff sticks, some of it doesn't. And um, there's a lot of that that can go into wrestling, like stand-up comedy, wrestling, uh, being a musical artist or any creative type where you put yourself out there on a stage, literally or figuratively, you uh, want, you're going to be trying stuff and some things are going to work and some things aren't. You know, so uh, this uh, with the acclaimed, I think they got over it and I think they are getting over. And what a compliment to have Dante Martin and Leo Rush like Leo Rush. Him retiring is like it's just a head scratcher because, man, what a talent he is. And him and Dante together uh, and how they reacted to Mac Max Caster's rap. I really like too. just the body language they conveyed and everything like that. Uh, very good showcase 
of two young talents. Um, and uh, just uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going down the line with a lot of these tags. Uh, if you got to listen to some of the Ric Flair podcasts, the new Ric Flair podcast, they talked about him and Mark Madden talked about um, the AEW bringing tag teams back to relevancy in a lot of ways. And they are. I mean, you're like, look, you got FTR. I love FTR. Uh, the Bucks, you name it. There's just so many good tag teams that are there and that you could be like, all right, they could make a tag team title run. The Lucha Brothers, obviously, you know, I could just ramble off whoever, you know, but they're there. And so this was a good showcase of the tag matches uh, was, uh, yeah, uh, Leo Rush and Dante Martin going up against the acclaimed. I like that match a lot. Uh, you know what? I As far as that goes, I think that might do it for Dynamite. Uh I loved Eddie's confrontation with Daniel Garcia. Um, I really like the fact that he's like kind of called him out. Like, Hey, you're letting these guys call you their, 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 your father and you're their son. He's like, I have no respect for you. He's like, I know you're from Buffalo. He's like uh punk wanted to wrestle you. I want to fight you. And so it set it up really well for rampage next week. Uh, Eddie just, I, they got to put, they just got to keep putting the heat on Eddie, the baby face heat, because he is over. He will continue to be over. Um, and I think, I think you can one day you can very much put Eddie in world title picture. Does he need it? He's kind of like a Roddy Piper in a way, you know, where he's just that talent, like he stands out on his own. So he doesn't necessarily need to, but heck as a fan, it would be very cool to see. Um, let's get some comments here. Nesha. Oh, you were out. <laughs> you know, I was wondering you haven't been chatting. Uh, yeah. Sam and Roberts are both pretty bad. Yeah. It's just like, there's this uh, thing about it where it's like, okay, they have that WWE connection, you know, and, it's not that that's a bad thing. That's just kind of part of life. You know, there's a WWE connection, but with that comes some, a little bit of like, I don't know, placating, if you will. Um, there's just, it just goes with the territory of that it's just kind of cringe, kind of cringe. And their takes are just like, and you can kind of see in a lot of ways where their wrestling fandom was like began and then they didn't cultivate it. So like, you know, they watched WWE, but then all they watched pretty much was WWE you know, and they were fans in the attitude era. And again, I'm not faulting anybody for doing that, but if you're going to be on the television product and I kind of like to be a little bit well, more well, when I, Pete Rosenberg is just like, he seems like up and down WWE, you know, nothing outside of those boundaries very much at all. And when you have takes like that, when you give takes like that, like he did with, uh, Oh my God. Uh, killer cross. One of my favorites, he he had that take on Killer Cross, and I'm like, that's fucking brutal. No, him losing to Jeff Hardy, he's like, let it play out. This is all, like, it was such a bad take, and you're just like, oh, man, come on, come on. <laughs> Killer Cross, I am pumped for him. I want to see him in AEW. I want to see him in MLW. He's going to be great. Uh, such a bad, got such a bad shake there. Um, Let's see. Nesha, oh, Peacock went out, came back on my phone faster than TV. Thought the internet went. Oh, I see. Okay, I so I see where the priorities lie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's uh, fine. No, I know. Hey, Survivor Series is on right now. What am I expecting here, huh? So, um, man, I thought they got. Was that a pre-show? Are they on the pre-show? Is that why? I thought this thing started at eight. Am I wrong? Maybe I should have looked it up. But I was like, yeah, you know, seven twenty is fine. I would. I want to finish watching football and then I'll get to kicking on here. So that's what I. Did. I have my own priorities too. Uh, AW has a great product. Jorge says. And it's fresh every time. I agree. You know, it's like they keep you interested. And I still think every time you tune into Dynamite, it feels like event 
tune in television where you're like, okay, something's going to happen here. And something happens, you know, something happens and you get something out of it. And, you know, uh, and it was kind of cool. Who was I talking to? Coworker who's also a friend who's also a wrestling fan was like, hey, I hope at Full Gear they kind of just keep to who they have right now. They don't really need to give us a surprise. They set everything up at all out with the surprises and with, uh, you know, debuts and all that stuff. But now that we have all these pieces in place, I'd just like to see what they have executed. And they did it. And uh, Full Gear, arguably, you could make a strong argument for that for that being the pay-per-view of the year. Even up against All Out. I, I Like I said last week, I'm kind of biased at All Out simply for the fact that I was there in a lot of ways. But it also was like Punk's return match. Brian Danielson did show up as a surprise. Adam Cole did show up as a surprise. You had that great tag match uh, with the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. You had Eddie Kingston and Miro tear the house down. It was a really, really, really good show. Um, so, I don't know. I think you could really flip a coin at which pay-per-view was better. But I think they they... They said a lot of that stuff. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so they are on the pre-show. That's what I thought. See, I thought I planned this right. Jeez. All right, let's talk about Rampage real quick. Um, I thought it was a good show, too. I thought, oh, like, the set. So I really just liked the opener of it. And you know what? I think just them being, uh, you know, them keeping the, the fresh tone of, uh, the tournament, Jake Cargill really being showcased in a lot of ways, you know, as this big, bad, you know, the baddest bitch or I'm that bitch. That's what it is. And, um, her and red velvet put on a hell of a show. I think this again, to uh, the point, this might've been, uh, uh, Jake Cargill's best singles match since, uh, she, she started and red velvet was a great, great compliment to her. I, I don't think you can discredit either of them. And, you know, um, Jade Cargill is a polarizing figure because, you know, of how she wrestles and stuff like that. But ultimately, I think she's there's money in her and um, they're building her in the right fashion. And so that match itself was, um, I think, very well done. Uh, the main event, uh, I was kind of like very focused. I had to write a lot of news, so I was on coverage. Um, I did watch it, um, but it's cool. Is it not cool to see Adam Cole and Bobby Fish together? I thought that was uh, such a neat aspect to kind of see those guys uh, tagging up. And then going against uh, Jungle Boy. And then Jungle Boy just getting to showcase himself even further and like getting him put in that position of like, hey, who, uh, who's the guy you got to be looking out for? And it's Jungle Boy. He's one of the pillars and they're, they're really leaning into that. Um, yeah. So I liked it. I, I liked it, but I really, I really liked Billy Gunn versus Darby Allen. And I liked the setup for it too on Dynamite. Darby's backstage. Tony Schiavone's interviewing him. Like, what's next for you? He's like, I will get after MJF. And then they're moving on from the feud. And he's like, I want the rest of the biggest and baddest. Who comes in but Billy Gunn? Billy Gunn in the gun club. Billy Ass in the Ass Boys, as Dan Hauser would say. And uh, they come in, and Billy wants to challenge him. And then, oh, my God. Uh, Colton, and, uh, Colton and Austin's asides where they uh, compared Darby to the I Like Turtles kid. And then uh, Darby's reaction to that was like, yeah, you know what? I'll do it. <laughs> like, I liked it. It was good. It was like a good baby face reaction. We are like, yeah, fuck yeah, Darby. You don't give a shit. Go wrestle these guys. And sure enough, like, it was a great juxtaposition match. And uh, Billy Gunn, man, I, I got to say it. I got to say it. Like, Billy Gunn, you go back to high school Dom. And high school Dom looked nothing like current Dom, okay? High school Dom had hair. And high school Dom... Uh, I mean, I guess everything else is pretty accurate. Awkward. Um, <laughs> just even more awkward because I'm in high school. 
and everything like that. Wrestling fans still collect the wrestling figures, all that stuff. I loved, I loved the one Billy Gunn. Him, The Rock, were my top two guys in WWE. No joke. I really liked Billy Gunn as the one Billy Gunn. He was my dude as the Intercontinental Champion stuff. I like marked out hardcore when he was like the final four in one of the Royal Rumbles was the one Billy Gunn. I was like, fuck yeah, Billy Gunn, you're the man. I would have loved to see him really get a good feud with The Rock even before that. But anyways, big been a big Billy Gunn fan since way back when. So seeing him going up against these uh, newer talents and stars and still looking as good as he does and um, how he handled Darby in the match was great. Like him setting him up on there and patting him, like condescending Pat on the turnbuckle and walking away. And then the back body drop, the biggest back body drop I've ever seen. Amazing. And then just the story that they told. And they're cultivating that feud even further. And how about it, too? How about it? Billy Gunn kicks out at one off of a coffin drop. It takes two coffin drops to beat Billy Gunn. That's how it should be and how it always will be. <laughs> Billy Gunn's the man. I I really like that match. <laughs> As if you cannot tell. If you cannot tell, I really like that match. Um, so let's see here. Oh, geez, he turned heel. How about that? Uh, What's his name? Damian Priest. I love Damian Priest. Punishment Martinez. Um, let's see. One of them has to turn heel. Cage, Jungle Boy, or Luchasaurus. Steven, I agree with you. And I know Marcus, uh, degenerate brother, who uh, is not on the show tonight, also would agree with you. Uh, we want Luchasaurus to turn heel real bad. I think it's time to pull the trigger. I am with, I especially Luchasaurus, I think he's the guy you turn. He's the guy you turn. You get him paired up, whether it's with like Abaddon, uh, you know, uh, Lance Archer. This is all just off the top of my head. Not Abaddon. We've been talking about Abaddon forever. But um, you get him in a dark, dark role, almost akin to like a Lucha Underground kind of vibe. You know, um, I think, you know, there's a lot of legs with Luchasaurus and him going, you know, him battling Jungle Boy, you know, tired of being in the shadow. It's a, a classic storyline, you know, all that kind of thing with partners and stuff you can really cultivate there. Yeah, Steven, I'm with you. Good point. I think, uh, one of them's got to turn heel, and my pick should be Luchasaurus. Uh, Billy Gunn, a.k.a. Grandpa Gunn. I love Billy Gunn. Jorge. <laughs> I, dude, but if you know me, I really like old athletes in general. Like, Vinny Tessaverde is my number one quarterback of all time. Uh, I love the fact that Joe Flacco started for the Jets today. And uh, even though he's, like, 37 and he's, like, been in position in a backup role, I could go on with the amount of old athletes I like. I Old athletes, you you put a start, you put them in a starting position, and then battling against Father Time. That's my number one sports storyline: is old athletes fighting against Father Time. Tom Brady's doing a pretty good job at that, by the way. Uh, yeah, I think Nesha. I think that we talked about it earlier. I think The Rock is going to show up. Um, Billy Gunn is fifty-eight. I know I couldn't believe it. Billy Gunn's fifty-eight. Sting is sixty-two. I really like that showdown though, that stare down that they had. I thought it was like, wow, you've never seen this before. You know, these guys have been in wrestling for so long. They've really never, like, stared down or had a confrontation with them. Here it is. Very neat. You would not see that in WWE. You would not see that. Um, and it's a shame. Uh, you know, uh, I was, like I said, I listened to Ric Flair's episode podcast. And um, you just think about how they handled Flair there. You think about how they handle any of the legends. There, there was somebody else I was thinking of today that I was like, man, you know, like, anybody that goes there, they're going to be put in a comedic position or the funny man position or the foil where they get beat up or they cry or anything like that. And like, 
these guys, when they go to AEW, whether it's in an active role or a managerial role or just an appearance role, they're treated with such respect and reverence. Like you look at um, Baron Von Raschke at Full Gear, they gave him a whole. Not only did they give him a moment on tele on the screen to like get adulation from fans, but he was in a he was involved in the match in a good way, in a smart way, and so. Um, but Sting, they just didn't have done an excellent job. They let him be Sting, be Sting, and ha- have let him have the career he's wanted to end it out on. It's just like, you know, and Billy Gunn, like he's not there every week. He's not on there every week on the television every week, but he's there. He still looks good. He still can go. And, you know, they're not making fun of him. He kicked out of the fucking coffin drop. <laughs> so it's neat to see. I One of my favorite parts about AEW is that in the, the respect that they give to the legacy wrestlers and the legends too. So it's neat to see. I'm doing the fucking Larry's a biscuit thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, Rick does want to wrestle again. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get that out of him either. I think all these guys that have been in the ring for so long, whether you're Hogan, whether you're Terry Funk, whether you're, uh, you know, uh, you name it, you know, they're always going to have that itch to get back in the ring. Like, especially if you, you they were one of the top stars. It's just like, I bet you Austin has that itch all the time. But, you know, he just knows he can't and that kind of thing at that. So it's just, yeah, <laughs> they definitely all have that kind of vibe going. Um, oh man, Jason, are you a Steelers fan? I forget. Are you, where are you from again? Are you from, uh, the central PA? Is that you that, that said that? Um, I am not a Steelers fan, but heck I live in Pittsburgh. Um, I, it's always fun when the Steelers are in the mix because the city's kind of buzzing and stuff like that. And there's, there's a lot to go down. So I'm always up for the Steelers being in the mix. I always kind of like it when they lose a little bit. I don't know. I have a lot of friends couple of friends that are very diehard Steelers fans and they talk about the Steelers way too much so I'm just like all right and plus my Jets are awful so like I want somebody to be miserable with me <laughs> so oh yeah okay you're not a Steelers fan you're a 49ers fan yeah okay I knew the Lions are done. oh yeah I mean join the club with the Lions holy shit but Nesha she's struggling with her Saints right now Trevor Simeon can barely I don't think he was over 50% completion percentage today. It was pretty sad looking. Um, join the club, everybody. Join the Losers Club. Here we are on the 70th episode of Two Down of My Dudes. But the, the other host doesn't even show up to this episode. <laughs> what the heck? What the heck? All right. Um, let's see. Yeah, none of our teams are doing good. All right. Um, I, overall... A good, great, solid week. We got we got the setup the the Owen Hart Memorial Cup tournaments announced for um, winners coming, which is December fifteenth. Um, the TBS Women's Title Tournament is still progressing, obviously, um, and there's stuff set up. CM Punk's fighting uh, QT Marshall. They did some fun stuff with that on uh, Rampage. Uh, you know, you don't have to sell the whole hog here. It's just uh, CM Punk in a good match against a, a quality wrestler like. QT Marshall um, against a heel in his hometown. It's pretty simple storytelling there. You just knock it out and they're setting up. They set it up the right way and made it, gave it a little bit of intrigue and stuff with those promos. You have Thunder Rosa going up against Jamie Hayter. Uh, Thunder Rosa, one of my favorites, obviously friend of the show. Um, but it's uh, yeah. Uh, setting up for good stuff, you know, obviously coming with Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah, all that, you know, coming into the play. Uh, Mike, everything, you know, might be not i don't want to say in a holding pattern because you want to always create interest but it's like okay you don't have to like 
boom, pop super duper big. But heck, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen, all right? Uh, there could be some wild shit going down. And uh, I'm a-okay with that, too. So, no, guys, thank you for joining me on this truncated episode of Two Dynamite Dudes. Wow, Becky and Charlotte starting the whole thing off, everybody, huh? Happy Thanksgiving, Nasha, too. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty crazy. So, uh, what comments, too, about that? See, you know, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of tension going on. Some real life stuff between Becky and Charlotte. Because there's money in that. There's money in that for sure. So, uh, yeah. Um, wow, pretty wild they're starting that off. Uh, this is, I that would be one match I'd be interested in checking. I could really check it out. I don't know if I will or not. I might just tune in later on. I always like, it's weird. I hear about the results. I like looking on Twitter as the results are going on. I can't watch it. I just can't sit down and watch it. It's like, I watch AEW. I love watching AEW. love watching Major League Wrestling. Um, NXT is fun. I like NXT. And I, I have to cover all those. Impact, too. I cover Impact. So it's like I get my heavy, heavy dose of wrestling. And, uh, you know, to get just... Uh, if something really changes with WWE, then I'll start watching it. But if if I had to cover it, too, obviously, I'd watch it. But, you know... Uh, just kind of time to change it and you gotta you stay busy you spin a lot of plates you know that's all you do but all right guys i will let you go and watch this pay-per-view so you guys enjoy thank you for joining me follow me on twitter at dominic d'angelo follow russell's on twitter at russellzone.com follow my degenerate brother of ad free shows marcus p d'angelo that's his twitter handle there so follow him there go check out ad free shows too if you'd like uh they got some good content going in there i you know i checking out their feed and everything they're always kicking off some real good stuff and, and coverage of exclusive content and everything like that. So it's a, it's a fun experience to be a part of. There's a, I, from what I know, there's a discord there that people join in on. It's very communal and everything like that. So uh, give it a check out, go to adfreeshows.com and take a look and see if it fits your bill and everything like that. So um, be on the lookout for some interviews coming. Uh, so, who was it? Uh, I think Colin just interviewed Brian Johnson from uh, ROH. And then we have a couple other ones that you can check up uh, up on there too. Oh, Mercedes Martinez is up there. So they got an interview. Uh, Bill, I believe, did the interview with her, our editor, Bill Pritchard. So check that out. Uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff on our podcast feed. You can also, uh, hey, check out my MLW Fusion Fight Report. I'd love to get feedback on it too. If you have any questions, feel free to shoot me a message on Twitter about it. Or if you have any like longer feedback, just shoot me an email, dpdangelo at gmail.com. Um, and that that's it, guys. Uh, thanks. I'm gonna let you guys enjoy this match, enjoy Survivor Series. Hope The Rock shows up. People's champ, true people's champ. Can't beat The Rock. One of the best. Happy Rock 25. Enjoy Becky and Charlotte, guys. I'll see you next week on two. Who two? It was just one, but two down my dudes on Rampage, episode 76. Thanks, guys. I'll see you later. All right. Take a trip on the downside